It's always good to be here with you at Little Vine. I love this church very much. Um, love opportunities to come, and especially joyful ones like uh, weddings or baby showers. But um, but anytime we come together in the house of the Lord should be a joyful time. Anytime we come together to worship God should be one where we feel the joy um, in our hearts for this great blessing that we have to be able to worship such a wonderful God. Even when our hearts are, are, hard, are filled with heaviness or sorrow, um, as you know, they are as we hear the prayer request this morning, and um, it does put a load of sorrow on our hearts to hear of loved ones who are suffering, um, those we don't know who are going through a just unimaginable um, tra- you know, tragedy at the hands of, of evil. Um, all these things come upon us. And they, they cause us to, to wonder. Um, they can cause us to forget some things um, about God that we know or those that, who don't know the things we know from Scripture about God. It will cause them to, to question God, to, to even be angry at God, to um, shake an angry fist at Him or to say that there must not be a God. Um, it's it's our frailties that cause us to have those questions. It's, it's because we're children in understanding, and like our children that you know are sitting here, they don't know about the things that that we were doing prayer requests for this morning. You know, those are adult things that that they don't know. In their innocence. And we're thankful they don't have. They don't know that. You know there's places in this world. Where children know of hardships. That we as adults don't know. Here in this country right now. Um, But when I look at my children. And their lack of understanding. Some things you know that. As adults we as parents understand. It reminds me that. God understands. So much more than we do. And our understanding of the things we go through in life is from a childlike perspective. And um, like my children have troubles. And as an adult, I almost laugh at them. And I'm thinking, you don't know what trouble is. I mean, biggest trouble they have, you know, I, I can't even think, but you know, they have some problem with, school or something and you're as an adult you're thinking this is not a big deal but sometimes I remember to them it is okay Brody is five and whatever trouble he's going through may be the biggest trouble he's ever had and to him it just doesn't get worse and then we have you know troubles that we pour our hearts out in prayer to God for and because we get, it doesn't get bigger than this trouble. But again, it's just because it's the biggest trouble we've ever seen. And then there's some who in good intentions will say, yeah, well, I mean, 
just be thankful it's not worse. It could be worse and they'll point to other trials and that doesn't help me. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but it doesn't help me in my, in, in my anguish and, and my pain that I'm feeling at a time of trial or trouble that someone has it worse. It doesn't make me feel better. And because I think that what we're doing there is trying to, um, in our darkest time, find the light by looking somewhere darker for comparison. And that's not going, it might help for a little while. It might actually bring me down off of a cliff, as it were, uh, to realize that it you know, could be worse. But it's not going to provide me long-lasting peace or or um, comfort you know what what breaks the darkness light where should we look when things seem the darkest we should look to the light and the light is God and it's not to look to him and blame him because it's not God's doing that evil and sin is in this world I mean, it that's on Adam when he transgressed the law of God and it has come down to us all naturally and we're sinners. I don't, I don't intend to take the time this morning to go into um, the doctrine of total depravity, but I just know it's real. I know it's real because I live in it. I, I feel it personally that I'm a sinner no matter how much I want to not be. And I see it all around me. I am my own worst enemy and I've got plenty of people that are confederate with me to be my enemy. Um, and, and I know you understand the same thing. Scripture doesn't, we don't believe in total depravity only because Scripture tells us so. Scripture, in, it, it explains what we know to be true just from our life. That we're sinners. And God didn't bring that to us. God didn't bring that on us. But what God has provided for us is beautiful if we can remember it. And that is... God is merciful because, you know, oftentimes I will think, you know, I don't deserve this or I don't deserve that. And, and I don't want to be too hard. I want to say you should never say you deserve better or this and that. But I like a little reality check sometimes and realize that what I deserve, really, I don't get. I deserve to um, not be here with you. If I, those of you that know me best still don't know me as well as I know me. And I don't even know me as well as God does. Have you ever thought, as bad a sinner as you think you are, you probably don't even know the half of it in God's perfect, just, and holy eyes? And I think that's mercy. That God doesn't even let you see how black your sins really are. So as black as they look sometimes to me, God would see it even more black except for his mercy. But God does not bring down on me his judgment that I feel I deserve. And we think, why doesn't he wipe this world? Oh, just as evil as it is, mercy. You know, he did it once in scripture. It says that the world was evil continually. Genesis chapter six, the thoughts of every man was just evil continually. And it, it repented God that he made man. This is, it was so bad that God was 
Sorry he did it, as the language. I don't think God ever actually was sorry he made man, but he gave us this language so that we understand that God was not pleased, to say the least. And he said, I will destroy all flesh from off the earth. But then it said, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, we'll tell that story sometimes. I think we tell it wrong because we'll say like, but see, but there was this one good man named Noah. But that's not what it says. It didn't say everyone was evil except for Noah. It said Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, I know my subject's more on mercy, but they go together. See, grace is when you get a favor from a God, the, fa- the divine favor of God that you don't deserve. So God did, Noah did not deserve God to save him from the flood. He wasn't the only good man. He was a sinner like everybody else. And God was showing that he hates sin, but he has grace for those he loves. And he showed us that in that place. People today might say, well, the world is bad, but it isn't as bad as it was then because God hasn't destroyed it. No, he just is merciful. He was so merciful to Israel that he said, I have stretched forth my hand all the day long to a gainsaying people. I mean, not they didn't deserve it, but he was continually merciful to them. We need to remember the mercy of God because if we forget that God is merciful, then wrong thoughts come all in our head one way or the other. Either we think that we deserve blessings or we think that Um, God's not going to ever look on us with love and forgiveness. God would have us remember he's merciful. He is so intent on us remembering that, that he wrote it in his scripture a lot. There's this one phrase that comes up continually. In fact, this phrase is in the scripture about 43 times. Um, and I'll just go read it from one place because it's in this place about 26 times. Um, half of the times it's written is in one Psalm. It's Psalm 135. No, it's 136. Sorry. Psalm 136 has 26 verses. I'm not going to read them all, but I love the way God inspired it to be written. Because we sang a few hymns today. Some of them were led, led by songs. Some you could hear the other, or some songs were led by children, and some you could hear the children singing. And you could always hear them better on something called a chorus. You know, the last song that was led this morning, um, Hallelujah, Thine the Glory, Hallelujah, Amen. Hallelujah, Thine the Glory, Revive Us Again. You know, I remember that so well. I've sang it a lot. It's sung four times in that song this morning, and then I've sang it a lot of times in my life. Songs that are written with a chorus have a knack for becoming memorable, especially the chorus. And even the youngest children can memorize them quick. I'm talking at two years old, Maddie will be singing something. I don't understand the words coming out of her mouth, but I recognize the tune, and then the chorus hits, and I know it because she's actually saying those words. She can remember them. Well, when we need to remember this very important aspect of God, God did that for us in this psalm. When you go and read this psalm, don't do as I have done and I feel ashamed of, to start to just skim past these verses because, well, it says the same thing over and over. Um, 
Psalm 136 verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto God, uh, of the, the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. And it goes on to, to say that on every single verse. For his mercy endureth forever. And besides this psalm, it's written in many other places. And like I said, I think it's 43 times in the scriptures. I think it's God thought it important we remember. We memorize that his mercy endureth forever. Why? Because we need his mercy. And we have a tendency to forget that. And um, turn with me, if you would, to Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations is uh, written by the prophet Jeremiah. It's written at a very dark time in his nation's history. About the darkest time since they came out of Egypt. Um, it was a time when God was bringing the judgment against them for their sins that he had long since told them. He had told them since the beginning, since Moses. He told Moses to tell them that when you turn away from me and follow after other gods, I'm going to send you into a land um, of captivity. Here it's come about. Jeremiah is the, prophesying at the time it's actually happening that the, they are going to be led away into captivity. They're going to be taken out of their homes in chains and taken to a land far away. They're not going to be where God promised them rest and peace any longer for 70 years. And this, is, this prophet's task, as it were, his calling was to say, it's here, it's time. This is not a happy message. And Jeremiah, he's called the weeping prophet. For that reason, he's very, it's a very sad minister of God. You know? He doesn't get to preach joy and peace. Here he gets to preach judgment. And it was rightful judgment. But it wasn't anywhere near the judgment they deserved. They didn't deserve one good thing. Their father, Jacob, who was named who was renamed Israel, said it best. He said, I not, do not deserve one of the least of thy blessings. Not one. And yet they've been blessed so much by God to be the people that God called as his people to where he put his name, where he gave his word, his law. They have the ability to understand where blessings come from. And yet they forsook it so much that finally it was time for captivity. Now, Lamentations is Jeremiah's, his weeping, his lamenting, his crying. It's a very depressing book, except for one of the most beautiful few verses in the whole Bible are found in this third chapter. We'll start with the beginning of the third chapter and not read it all, but he says, Jeremiah says, I am the man that had seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. Up until this point, he's talked about the nation. And Jeremiah is following God. And the nation isn't. But Jeremiah is saying, you know, but it's coming on me too. I'm dealing with the, the um, condemnation that's coming on us for our 
the nation for our wickedness, and it's fallen on me too. And I'm not getting, um, it's not like, well, y'all are being good, you're following me, so I'm going to spare you of this. You know, when they went into captivity, there were others that went in um, that we know, Daniel, um, three other Hebrews that whose Hebrew names I can't ever remember, but you all remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who would not fall down to worship Nebuchadnezzar's idol, and they were cast in a fire and furnace. Those, those children of God served God with a true heart. They did not forsake him. They were led into captivity too. I mean, Jeremiah's saying, I'm the man that's seen the, the wrath of God on me. I'm, I'm dealing with this, and it's, he's brought me into darkness in the second verse. He hath led me and brought me into darkness, but not into light. Surely against me he has turned, and he has turned his hand against me all the day. And the more you read this, the more you think, Jeremiah, you're, you're, you're treading tread light, lighter because this is dangerous talk. You know, you're starting to sound like you're blaming God for unfairly for things that are happening to you. And it starts to sound that way. In the eighth verse, it says, also, when I cry and shout, he shutteth out my prayer. Have you ever been there where you feel like with well, your prayers, God isn't hearing you? I just want to point out this isn't true. Um, I, the scriptures are true. Everything in the Bible is, this is the truth of God. God preserved it for us, and his word is true. But not every sentence in the Bible is a true statement. There's actually truly, faithfully recorded lies in the scripture. I mean, the first one's right at the beginning when Satan says, Yea, God said, thou shalt not surely die. Jesus said Satan was a liar and the father of it. He was a liar from the beginning. He lied right there, and it was written down in the scripture truthfully that he lied. We have to, sometimes when we're reading things, people attribute to God things that aren't true. There were false prophets who would tell the kings, the king would say, Should I go up? And the, and the prophets would say, Go up, the Lord will be with you. And then the Lord will come to that prophet at night and say, no, 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 go tell him, no, I'm not with you. Um, and so just because someone says God's done something, we have to read all around it and really understand, was this a true statement or not? Jeremiah is saying, God is not hearing my prayer. God has led me into darkness. God has turned against me. And I just want to point out that this isn't a true statement. Okay, but it's how Jeremiah feels. It's how I felt at times, and it's how I'm sure some of you have felt, where you feel like God is not with me anymore. He is completely gone. David wrote in a psalm, "Well, how long, O Lord, will Thou be gone? Forever? Um, you know, will Thou forever cast us off?" But they were never cast off in the first place, because God was true when He said, "I will never leave you nor forsake you." But so often we feel he's gone. Um, he goes on to say, um, I'll, let's just read down some of these sad things until maybe the um, 17th verse. And thou, Jeremiah saying to God, and thou hast removed my soul far off from peace. I forgot prosperity. He's like, eh, 
I have been so long in the darkness here that I can't even remember the good times. I can't remember when it's been when it was good. He says, verse 18, and I said, Jeremiah says, and I said, my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. That's where he's come to the conclusion, I have no more hope. I have no more strength. And it's completely perished. Everything God had ever done and led me and given me is gone. And I have nothing and God has left me. And he said, I said this. Verse 19 says, remembering my affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall. My soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. So when Jeremiah feels this way, he says that's because I am thinking, I'm remembering, I'm bringing it back up over and over again. That's what remembering means. He's bringing it back up to mind, his afflictions, his misery. He's looking at the darkness. That's all his eyes are on. And then in verse 21, something, the tone changes. Verse 21, he says, this I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. A second ago, he says, I have no hope because I was remembering my affliction and my misery. But when this I recall to my mind, I have hope. What is it he calls to mind? He says, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. You might think, like, it can't, I am, I am just lost. I have no strength. And yet, you know, I don't know how I'm going to take another step. And then you take another step. Nothing. I don't know how I'm going to get through this day. And then lo and behold, you get through the day. You go, I don't know how I could, like, I have so much on my mind and I can't sleep. And then, like, the sun comes up the next day. And here you are. You continue you might, you don't think, I don't know where the strength's coming from. But recall this to your mind. Because it's of the Lord's mercies you're not consumed. Paul says of the apostles that we are cast down but not destroyed. He said some other things too, I can't remember, um, that are similar. He said, the Lord is continuing to let get you through it. Now, in the middle of the darkest time, you can't see the light. You, you can't see the end. It, it just seems so far out there. Have you ever gotten to the end of something that you look back and you almost can't even remember the darkness anymore? I mean, if you, when, when finally a prayer that you've been praying for a long time and then you're like, the Lord will never answer this prayer, will never come to an end of this trouble and then it's ended and then for the, the joy you feel, it's... I don't even remember how, how hard it was. I, I do, but I don't, you know. Um, I can't remember what it was like. To, I don't remember being not a husband and a father anymore. And it wasn't that long ago. You know? it was, I mean, it was, it's getting longer ago, but it wasn't that long ago. It seems like yesterday Kaylee was born, and yet, like she's always been here. I know some of you understand exactly what I'm talking about. Because when the light comes, the darkness just is, vanishes. 
And another, in one place it says, weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. You know, darkness can't sit, can't be there when the light comes. It can't. They don't fight against each other until finally the light wins. When the light shines, darkness is gone. When we look to God and recall this to our minds, that his mercies are why we're not consumed, that his compassions fail not. He says they, mercy and compassion, are new every morning. Every time you wake up, the sun's shining. That's mercy and compassion. I mean, that's how we should see the sunrise. It's a new day. It's a new display of God's mercy and compassion for us. He says... Um, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. It is good unto them that wait for him. That to the soul that seeketh him, the Lord is good unto them. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. To me, it's saying, you want to live a good life? I mean, I do. That's what I desire more than anything else. I don't. I don't need fame or wealth or any of those things. Um, sometimes I'm like, well, that'd be nice. But there's all sorts of troubles that I don't know now that come with that. Um, you know, I just want to live a good life, a, a life of peace, a life of joy. But I live in a world of sin and trial and tribulation, one that Jesus said, in this world you shall have tribulation. He never lied to us about it. He never told us we wouldn't. Where is it written in Scripture that if you follow God, you're going to have a peaceful, easy life? Nowhere. Not from the start to the finish. And those that followed God, like Jeremiah, they, for other people's sins, suffered. Um, Jesus went walking down the road and there was a blind man. And the disciples asked, who sinned that this man was born blind? Because in their thinking, someone did something wrong to make this bad thing happen. But it's not always that case. It's always because of sin. But it's not always you did something wrong and that brought trouble on you. Oh, there's times God will chastise us for our sins. But he doesn't destroy us. Uh, there's another psalm I want to read. So I'll go, it came to my mind. One, psalm 103. Psalm 103. And we'll go to uh, verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. What he just told us in this psalm is, God is not like me. Who sometimes when my children are not listening to me, am quick to anger. Instead of taking a moment, take a deep breath, you know. See, God has never lost control in his dealings with his children. He's never lost it. He's always in gracious and merciful dealings with us he says he is slow to anger and plenteous in mercy he's got plenty of mercy he will not always chide that means his his chiding will not 
go on forever. Oh, he'll chastise us. He chastises those he loves, but he doesn't do it forever. He says he, will, he has not dealt with us after our sins. I mean, we have not gotten what we deserve because his mercy endureth forever. And we got to remember that and remember most of all in verse 12, as it says, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, then remembereth that we are dust. He knows what you're going through. He knows when we sin. He knows when we're just dealing with sin. And he's merciful and he's gracious. And if we are looking just to the afflictions, we're going to feel like we have no strength and no hope. A cousin of mine, I think, is going through a lot, a lot of things I'm not, I pray I never go through. And she said something to the effect of, um, they say whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? As if her hope is that maybe something good will come out of all this. I'll get stronger. And I was just like, you know, that is a misconception. I think that leads us all wrong because these things in life, they don't, they don't make you stronger. They beat you down. But you know what? we should do instead of thinking we'll get stronger by all these troubles we should think no I will look to where my strength is it shouldn't make us stronger it should remind us that he is strong enough to carry us through everything we're going through I'm going to close with that and thank you for the time and attention this morning I pray that the Lord will bless this, these words to you